Hello, ladies and gentlemen. So, welcome to another episode of uh, Rogue Capitalist, where we keep the topics discussed here real and raw. If you'd like to know more about how you can capitalize on trends to make more money, please remember to hit that like and subscribe button, okay? And leave your comments down below for anything else uh, that you want to hear about um, besides the topic that we are discussing. So today's topic will be uh, about uh, oil and gas. So this is something that we think could be an interesting play in uh, the coming year, 2023. So the Strategic petroleum reserve was used uh, in order to suppress the energy prices in the US when the inflation rates were sky high. So this resulted in the SPR being at its lowest since uh, 1984. So eventually these reserves will have to be replenished and the uh, White House has already publicly announced that they plan to refill this at $70 per barrel. So uh, from a more high level um, view, so Johan, what's your take on how the rising oil and gas prices um, have and how it will affect us? Okay, so right, I think a lot of people have been mistaken on a lot of things because this oil thing, right, in 2023, right, there's one guy that's really predicted it in 2020. He's the same guy that predicted the 2008 financial crash, the housing market. He's the same guy that's been telling how the US is going to collapse because of its uh, insane monetary policy and how its ripples effect will destroy everyone as we know it. You know who's that guy? No, I Let's don't. see whether you know. Okay, so this Did guy, you? yeah, I know him <laughs> because I've been listening to him for a very long time. He says Peter Schiff, legendary economist, the man behind a lot of uh, crazy, crazy wealth accumulation strategies that the whole world doesn't want to listen to because you all know why nobody wants to listen to him? because he is Bitcoin's number one enemy. So if you go to his Twitter profile, Peter Schiff, is very, is, he's quite a hilarious guy. He does know how to uh, bridge the gap between financial advice and uh, comedy. And so he's been warning people about Bitcoin and how it's a terrible Ponzi scheme for the past 10 years. And so he's been on and on about it, saying that Bitcoin is zero, we're all going to zero. So he's been very, very all the way coherent with his thoughts. He's not the guy that flip-floppy and all that stuff. And so when it comes to oil, right, he's really called it since 2020. So a lot of you guys who are getting into it now, thinking that 2023 is going to see more boom. Yes, it's true. It's going to definitely get more expensive because as you know, the US is uh, systematically collapsing themselves because of the Keystone pipeline and all that stuff. And so Peter Schiff actually made the call during COVID-19, which was that because a lot of people are no longer working like the oil rigs, right? Because of the social distancing and all that. And because of the ESG stuff that the whole world is moving towards, he made a call that oil prices is definitely going to go to the moon because of how they're going to shut down their own oil production in the US and how they're going to be reliant on many other countries. So Peter Shi made this call. He's saying that oil is definitely going to go up to the moon. And of course, he had any other calls such as gold, such as Bitcoin going to zero. So there are a lot of things that he did accurately predict well. One of them was oil. But a lot of people because of how mainstream media works. You know what they said? They totally ignore what he said about oil. They only focus on two narratives, which is his gold talk and his Bitcoin talk. But for most people, they listen to all three. Or not most people. The minority of the few listen to Peter Schiff's three predictions. He predicted that oil price is going to go to the moon, gold was also going to go to the moon, and Bitcoin is going to zero. But the problem is that most people, they are too ignorant... They don't even bother to listen to his viewpoint. And so they assume that his Bitcoin is number one enemy. So that meant that they didn't bother about his oil prediction. And so in 2022, 
while the whole world, or 2021, when the whole world was busy talking about, wow, my tech stock went up by 30-40%, all that. Bittershoe's portfolio, which was mainly mining stocks, oil stocks, and energy stocks, all went up by 10x. He made a lot of very accurate calls for his people under his investment wing. Because you can do, you can actually invest in his company. He has a private capital company where he helps you manage money. Think of it as a hedge fund. He's based in Puerto Rico. I'm not trying to endorse his services. But as what he says is true, because he has the receipts to show that he got 10x easily from all that. Because most people got 10x. Let's say they got $10,000. 10x is 100000 But for him, he manages tons of money. I'm talking about billions. So can you imagine a 10x on return on billions? That's probably the kind of level that most people will never reach in their life unless they manage money themselves. So for Peter Schiff, I've been listening to his advice regarding oil for a very long time. And I do have a friend who owns the biggest oil and gas company in Singapore. Not exactly oil and gas. They do things related to oil and gas. So I do hear stuff coming from him. And so one thing about the petroleum reserve and all that, right, is that it trickles down to the economy because the whole world functions on oil and energy. No matter how you greenies like to talk about what tech industry, about the web tavers, about the web tree, all this stuff that exists in the artificial world. If there's no oil, nothing runs. I know you guys love to talk about electronic vehicles and how, oh, we're going to put charging boards, oh, Elon Musk is going to take over because of Twitter. But you do have to understand that reality is reality. If there's no oil, there's no energy, there's no reality. Nothing moves. You think your Amazon Prime is going to send stuff over without oil? You think the whole world is going to run on grids, electric grids, where it's totally impractical to be charging it at charging ports? You know how ridiculous it sounds? I know you guys are probably uh, politically connected or whatever connected. I know some of the players in all these ESG industries and big tech, it's very, very funny. These guys, no doubt, they love to talk about innovation. But the true innovation always lies in energy. Because without energy, without oil, nothing functions. The whole world just stands still. Nothing will take place. Unless you go to the realms of pseudoscience, to the realm of the free energy thing that Nikola Tesla was talking about a long time ago then maybe there's an argument that we can definitely have a shift. But now you look at the world, you know, have a nuclear energy, uranium, and then you're talking about ESG, about how we can use electricity, which is the electronic vehicles to f- make the world function. But there's a caveat to it. It's that as of right now, when I look at how humans have interacted or existed for so long, I don't think they are that smart. You look at Cambodia, all those artifacts, all those ruins. Amazing, right? You look at some of the very nice architectures in Singapore, Raffles Hotel, you go to some temples, very nice design. But you look at the recent 100 years what we have built, freaking skyscrapers that have no link to anything. They think that minimalism is so cool. And so, the problem with oil is that, right, when oil goes up, it's never good for the average Joe. You know why it's not good for the average Joe? Because it means that everything else will go up together. Because oil is required, right, on vehicles right, to move from point A to point B. And so when oil goes up, it means that everything will trickle down to the average show. And I know you guys living in cities because you guys have the luxury of watching me on YouTube. You're completely detached to how reality works. Reality isn't sitting at home working from home and uh, pretending to trade stocks on Robinhood and watch as uh, FTX collapses and you watch all your artificial money dissipate into the air. Because we all know, the rogue capitalists, you guys all know, money isn't real. But money makes the world go wrong. Oil <laughs> is what makes it function. So that means that you may function in society as a cog in the machine. Such as me, we are all cogs in the machine. We all need to work to make sure it functions. 
but very few actually control society. In fact, those who think they control society don't really control it. Because we all know there's a higher being above us. Doesn't matter which religion or whatever you play into. And so when oil goes up, right, it means that right, the, the average Joe that works, he's the guy driving the truck. He's the guy that sends your stuff over here and there. And one thing you do have to notice is that if you guys are smart enough to notice, Amazon has started to cut away free delivery. A lot of these e-commerce platforms that always entice people to spend a, a certain amount, right? They suddenly reduce their free delivery. They're adding on the delivery charge. They can just reduce the items that they're selling the price, but the delivery adds up to it. So that means that one day, because of inflation, depending on how you determine inflation is, these items that they sell are going to get higher priced because of how the world functions, right? So the existing delivery charge will be levy on it. So that means they're back to square one. Things are going to get astronomically more expensive because of how the oil works. And so, right, because of transportation, there's another caveat that you guys have to understand about airline industries and the transportation industry. They're trying to convince you that uh, it's because of the sky high demand for transport, try sky high demand for traveling. That is a half truth. You know what's the truth, right? Everyone knows it because energy price is very high. That's why the cost of travel is very high. They're trying to trick everyone into thinking that everyone's tra traveling. Trust me. I I'm looking at the airport. In fact, I live quite close to the airport and I look at it. No Singaporeans are traveling. In fact, Singaporeans make up a very small function, a small portion of the world. Singaporeans make up very little of Singapore. We are mainly foreigners, expats and all that that populate our island. And if you think you're going to retire in Singapore, I'm sorry, you're not going to. You're not going to. And so, right, another point is that when energy and oil gets up very high, it means that life is not going to be easy for everyone. And price controls, like you mentioned, they're going to refill at $70 per barrel, right? By the what OPEC or something like that. Price controls never work. It's something in which uh, I do not have much experience in talking about. If you want to find out more about price controls, I do suggest checking out other videos. Because in the free economic theory by Milton Friedman and uh, Frederick L. Hayek, they go very in detail about how price controls never work. And so if you want to find out more, do check it out. But in all in all, Arnold, I really think that energy prices going up is never a good thing because it's the, same, it's the same as oil, as gold, right? If gold goes up, it's never a good thing because you do not want to live in an environment where gold goes up. It means that our dollar has no value. And so those are some things that you guys have to take notice of is that this world is going crazy. Like no doubt you can capitalize and make money from oil, but there's always a repercussion. So it's hopefully, right, that your investments do pay off. But do understand it's not going to get any better. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so uh, you also mentioned that uh, these factors might actually affect um, everyone in one way or another. So for, for everyone, how can we think about these effects or at least take advantage of them so that we are at least better off than before? Okay, so you do have to understand, right, when money flows, right, money doesn't lose itself. You have to understand the money flows. It transfers from one sector to another. Unless you're the central bank, you can print money and then you reallocate money. But the point is still the same. It means that money is always flowing somewhere. There's no money that's being lost. There's always more money injected to the supply and it goes somewhere. Most of the money in this world is managed by hedge funds and most of the money created are created by central banks. So that means that the money is obviously going to flow towards somewhere. It's going to be misallocated or allocated capital, depending on how you look at it. I know some guys who are politically and uh, professionally incentivized to promote certain uh, 
investments Schemes. or I'll say yeah, you get what I mean they are politically mm-hmm. connected they have to push a certain agenda and then there are people who live in the real world like you notice in energy in natural resources in commodities precious metals very few capital is being allocated there very understandably so because it's not a kind of industry where you see returns come back that quickly because you have to at first you have to find that whether there's a, for a way for you to dig out stuff and then next you have to find out whether it's feasible to do a whole mining project out there so you do know that these kind of things takes very long but the payoff is very high whereas the money is being flowed towards a certain goal which is the net zero the climate change thing so that's one thing that you guys have to understand because all these hedge funds, right? You have to understand about businesses. I always stress this: no matter how, no matter what you're doing, whatever you're trying to say, you're trying to accomplish, you do have to understand one thing: is that this world functions like a business, or everyone functions like a business. That's how the world goes around. That means that when you think of things in a business mind, you have to understand that if it's not profitable, no one's doing it. And a lot of thing about this world is that we are moving towards central planning or we are already at it already. In US, it's a centrally planned economy. In Singapore, it is quasi-central planned because we take or we follow what other countries are doing. Because in Singapore, we can't really affect that much. We are a small island. And chances are, even though you're listening to this podcast, listening to this episode, Singapore isn't seen as a, say a, a major power per se. It's a place where you store money and that's about it. If you think about living here, I think you better think twice. Unless you are, unless you really do enjoy having cameras looking at you everywhere, then to, to each his own, you can live in Singapore. And so, right, this climate change net zero thing is uh, real. Or it's going to be real because of how ed- capital is being allocated towards it. You see a lot of uh, developments happening, such as uh, synthetic meats, cockroach burgers, soy lattes happening. A lot of the natural produce that we see around the world are starting to dwindle down. In fact, in US, I don't know whether it's true, they're telling farmers to kill off their own livestock because they want to artificially lower prices. They do not want more of something to go into the market so that it will hinder their ESG, their carbon credits future that they want to have. So with massive capital being flown into the industry where there's no demand because of, central, because of central planning, it means that they want this to happen. That means that money is going to be created or flowed towards this intended gender. So that means that right, a lot of this gold green infrastructure is going to be real. This solar energy, Tesla, electronic vehicles, all this, right, is going to become reality. And so, right, you have to understand that Tesla getting a very big pump in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, the 10x pump mm-hmm. where we saw from 80 or yeah. 800, it is not coincidence. It is part of the agenda for people to realize that, oh, wow, smart money is moving towards EVs. That means that if you are in, if you are a guy who does under uh, doesn't understand what's going on, and just because you saw a 10x and you put money in there, then I think that you are solely mistaken. Because I would say that if you do want to get gains, it's not going to be another 10x from there. Because we all know the market cap is very high, but you definitely can look into other areas, which is companies that are creating stuff that's going to be profitable because of this ESG centrally planned agenda. So when central planning happens, it means that it's no longer going to be about free market demand and supply. It's going to be how the ones in power in the World Economic Forum, the BIS, Bank Industrial Settlements, how they're going to allocate capital towards certain infrastructures. So that means that you cannot 
be an idealistic or really idealistic guy who says that oh i want to support only a future of gas customers i only want diesel i only want oil i only want to drive cars that go vroom you do have to play the trends and realize that a lot of things that you want to support is worth supporting but you will not see a lot of booms and so right one area in which i've been looking at is that you know for evs to function it still has to function in the real world right it's not going to what mm. EVs 3D printed out of nowhere. And uh, by the way, I, I went because my my restaurant or the business that I function in is in a school, it's in a technology school. And so I do had a chance to walk around and look at different uh, CCA clubs. CCA is a co-curricular activities. I go there and see what they're doing. And then I saw some people building Formula One cars using 3D printing materials. And so I just asked them, do you think this is going to be functional? And those guys just tell me, oh, it's just a prototype. You know, who knows, maybe it'll be used next time. And so, right, let me tell you, if you think this future is going to act out well, let me tell you that majority of the people who are building this stuff are complete idiots. So that means that you can invest in this type of idiotic pursuits, ESG, all that. You can make money out of it. Who knows whether it will become a reality? I don't know. It will, but people will soon to start to realize, wow, this ESG thing is really, really not working. And so that means that smart money will move their money out and they're going to reallocate this elsewhere. And back on the topic about EVs, right, how you can capitalize on it. It's very simple. The world functions in the real world. It's no longer some mumbo-jumbo metaverse. I go, uh, what? Digital farming, World of Warcraft style. We go on we go on raids. We go attack the huge goblin and the huge thing. No, no, that's not <laughs> how the real world works. That's not how the real world works. The real world functions on reality. That means that you want to build EVs you want to build solar panels, you want to build the metaverse, all that funny stuff. You want to build critical infrastructure to ensure that the metaverse doesn't shut down. Because can you imagine like you guys are having a drinking party in the metaverse? I know it sounds odd, like you're putting on goggles, you're lying down in the pot, you guys are drinking things. And then the thing shut down, the goggles comes out and then you come back to reality. It's some dystopian nightmare. And you're like, hey, why is shut down? And so that's one thing you understand. So what propels this metaverse to keep on moving? Very simple. Data centers. And what propels data centers to work? Hard drives, chips, and all that. So if I if you listen to what I say carefully, you do know where you can allocate capital to. Because data centers are going to be incredibly important to ensure that the metaverse keeps running, to ensure that this electronic smart grid thing keeps on running. I'm not telling you where to specifically buy what stock, but you do keep your eyes open and apply the same fundamentals that... Uh, Benjamin Graham from the Intelligent Investor, he recommends. So do be a bit smart when you're doing this. Not every company that says that they're going to build data centers are going to be the monopoly of data centers. But you do have to open your eyes and look around. Because this is coming from a guy that's been in technology or I am going to be in technology. I've always been in technology. It doesn't matter if I leave the industry or not. I can tell you that all these big tech companies, you know what they're investing in? They're investing in data centers. And if you use cloud software like myself in the past, you get to see where the data centers are located. And let me tell you where these data centers are located. Everywhere. So that means that they have control over almost all the infrastructure of this world. And that's a big reason why when people tell you to invest in big tech, no, people tell you not to invest in big tech now. I think that they are right because right now, as you know, because the Fed is uh, tightening monetary policy, they are pulling money out. So you do have to be a bit smart and realize when you can allocate capital, when you should not allocate capital. But overall, the thesis is still the same. 
keep your eyes open and realize that data centers are going to be very important. As for EVs, because it functions in reality, I'm not going to tell you how it functions like in reality, but I do understand that to build an EV, there are different components, there are different parts. It's like building a computer system. So you understand what is what do I need to build this EV? And then you work backwards. I'm not going to tell you, but if you do know, comment down below because I do believe some people don't really understand or can't really take clues because we live in a generation where people are goldfish. They can't think for themselves and they need people to handhold them. Yeah, this is very important. Okay, okay. Go get your water first. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I have to cover regarding this point. <laughs> okay, okay. Right, thank you. So, very insightful. So, guys, think about it, yeah? So, um, beside the topics that you have discussed earlier, um, such as EV, data centers, or I guess, so are there any um, other effects or trends that will go in tangent or off-tangent with um, the oil and gas topic? Okay, oil and gas, right? Because it functions in the real world. There's a thing that keeps the world moving. Okay, wait, money keeps the world go around. Oil keeps the world moving. So you don't understand, right? Oil is meant to power certain things. Industrial stuff. And so, right, people are definitely looking for alternative resources to use as ways to power stuff. Nuclear energy, for example, uranium. I listen to a lot of financial commentary. They always talk about uranium. I'm not an expert in uranium, so I won't go into too much in detail. But when they mention uranium so many times, it means that there's some, there's definitely something in which you guys can pay attention to. Because if the same few people are talking about uranium, it means that they've already allocated capital towards. Because the world that is financial world functions, right? Especially those hedge fund boys, all these private capital firms, is that they don't tell you what they're going to do. They'll tell you things that after they have done it. So that means that they already put their chips into all these companies. Whether or not you want to, it's up to you. Because we here at Road Capitalist, right? We have to understand one thing is that the world does not care about us. To be a capitalist nowadays, right? It means that you have to castrate yourself and take orders from Big Brother. I don't know whether that's a good thing or not because you have to understand that humans work in this way is that we cannot truly be alone. Like no doubt, we have our own individualistic thinking. We want to make money. We want to have friends and all that stuff. But there comes a point of time where the amount of people that you hang out with, right? They are not thinking of the same wavelength. They all think differently. And that means that you do have to understand that a lot of friends that you have may not have the same viewpoints as you. So you do have to embrace that fact. If not, you're going to embrace a very lonely path. Like some people, such as myself, we are perfectly fine being lonely. It doesn't really matter to us that much. And so when you are hanging out with people talking about investments, everyone will have their different perspective. I do know some people who are strictly investing in Singaporean markets to each zone because let's say you're a business owner, you don't really have that much time to go into stock picking and all that. Because uh, I think that as a business owner right now, I do have a very good inclination on how to pick companies. And I don't really enjoy picking new companies nowadays because new companies, as we all know, they are strapped on cash. They don't really have the, that much uh, prospects. And some of these founders may not have a history of success because maybe they are youngsters. And the problem is that a lot of youngsters nowadays, they're talking about what NFT, Web3, and they have no experience in the real world. They have not done anything that's real. They like to talk about non-fungible, all that stuff, what you own, all this funny stuff. But it's not real. Uh, I'm telling you first. The real world still functions in the real world. You can be a uh, make money online guru or that, but it still functions in reality. You're not going to go to the golf course and tell the guy that you do dropshipping. He's going to look at you and laugh at you. <laughs> he probably looks at you as some clown who just happens to, to make some money and then next moment he just 
hires a lawyer to send you a lawsuit, destroy you. Okay, maybe let's not get there. And so how another industry plays into it is that silver, because silver is neither industrials, just that oil is in the industrials. I think that silver is a, uh, okay, let's not, this is not uh, something in which uh, I should say, or something in which I do not want to recommend is that I, I do look into silver and own some silver stuff. Because no one mines silver, it's a byproduct of mining gold. And for EVs and for a lot of uh, industrial stuff, they need silver. Because silver is needed for this green energy movement. And as I can see online, I heard that the supply is dwindling. I am not an expert in this. So you can't really trust me on my opinion when I say that silver is dwindling. So you do have to do your own research. I did see silver booming in the past few days, past few weeks, past few months. In fact, my silver portfolio is up by nearly 12-17%, if I'm not mistaken. I put a sizable amount of my portfolio in there, which is uh, I, I do own some silver. Because as we all know, no one's going to use gold. You think about the average person. They can't really, they don't really have that $1,000 in bank account. I read online and they say that US citizens are living paycheck to paycheck and their credit card loans are to the skies. And when you hear credit card loans are to the skies, that means that they're going to pay interest. And so if you guys are smart enough to listen to me and say when credit card has very high interest, there is one sector in which you can capitalize on. I'm not going to say use your brains because I say credit card interest is going to go up, right? Use your brains and figure out what I mean by that. There's another sector in which you can definitely look into and purchase something regarding that. So silver is going to, okay, let's just see silver and gold. Gold and silver goes up to the moon. It's not something in which you want to celebrate. As you all know, higher gold means that the world is going to implode because higher gold is never good for anyone. So no one can afford gold because no one can afford it. But silver, on the other hand, is very cheap. If I'm not mistaken, it's a... Uh, 30 Singapore dollars, which is around 23 US dollars right now. It is in a very good position for you to accumulate some. Actually, it doesn't matter. I think when it comes to silver and gold, you're not buying it to get rich. You're buying it to mainly stay rich. That's a very good quote that I listen to. And so when you buy gold and silver, you're not looking for it to go out in value. You're looking for it to just preserve that whatever you have at the moment. But for silver-wise, because it's used in a lot of industrials, it's going to see a spike. Because very soon, there's not going to be a lot of silvers and all that. And another way in which you can profit from it and go stanger in oil and gas is that natural resources, commodities, right, it functions in the real world. And as all these youths nowadays, they don't function in the real world, they're all sleeping in the metaverse, hoping that working from home solves all their problems. So it does, because you do accumulate more wealth from it. But this wealth is going to backfire one day, because when things get more expensive, or more, no more expensive, as their cash dwindles down because of this misallocated capital into big tech and all that stuff, things are going to get ugly. CBDCs are going to roll out and be seen as the second coming of Jesus to save everybody. So that's one way that you can also capitalize is uh, commodities futures. You do look uh, into ways in which you can go long, go short on certain commodities based on how the world is functioning. And... I am not very big into futures trading because I do enjoy building my own businesses. I do write books and I, I wrote my latest book, which is The Rogue Capitalist, which is in the namesake is similar to this channel. But I go deep dive into my psyche and what I think about what the world is moving towards. Because as we all know, the world is moving towards a very dystopian outcome. 
When I say dystopian outcome, it means that as the world as we know, it's going to be more dark. The youths nowadays are conditioned to no longer function in the real world. They're going to function in the metaverse. And that means that people definitely still have to exist in reality to ensure that the world moves around. And when we have lesser and lesser people in the real world, it means that the supply for it to keep up with the demand is not going to be there. So that means that they're going to have a future of hell that's going to come to earth. And so in the road capitalist world, I highlight how you can safeguard your liberties and build wealth because there is going to be a fundamental change in reality coming soon. As the youths are conditioned not to function in reality, it means that things are going to become much worse because we all know that robots and AI might not be able to carry on what we are missing. Those are these robots and AIs, man. One day they might backfire and try to slaughter us all, which is the fictional <laughs> setting of the of this fiction novel series I'm writing. I'm going to go into more detail in a future episode. And so when the whole world goes to chaos, people need to rebuild it from scratch. So that's where we capitalists have to fill in. No matter whether we like it or not. I do know some people who are not very big on rebuilding society. They just say, oh, why, why bother? The world is going to shit. I don't care. So uh, you do have to understand that a lot of things that we have in this world is very temporary. And so you do have to be very careful. And of course, there's opportunities for you to build wealth. But what at what cost? This wealth is going to definitely spiral out of control. So you do have to take notice of it and be careful, definitely. Okay, awesome. So I have a last two questions for you. So uh, based on your advice, I think you also mentioned that you capitalize on the silver trend. So how has um, at least one other effects that affected you and uh, how do you personally actually monetize it? Okay, so right, to, as you guys know, I run a restaurant and restaurant functions in the real world. And so where energy prices go up, it means that the average Joe who owns a gas guzzler who's paying utilities for his own, for his own home, they do not have expendable cash to be eating out. So in the past few weeks, past few months, I've seen lesser people eating out. And that is a very, very sad thing that's happening. That means that my cafe's uh, revenue is getting lower because that's how the real world works, right? When people have lesser money to spend, they definitely spend less on other luxuries. They'll end up cooking their own food. They'll end up spending lesser on uh, things that are not pivotal in ensuring that they are still alive. I think that sounds very weird. Okay, still functioning in reality. <laughs> and so, when people start to spend less, that means that I thought that the cost of goods in which I will be buying stuff will get exponentially cheaper because same supply, lower demand for stuff. Okay, fine. But the thing is that, as we know, there's a lot of shortages going around the world with the food shortages, with the grain, with the oil increasing because of lesser supply it cascades into other industries because food itself, right, does not go up in price unless the energy goes up because tractors, rearing chicken, the, the farm, all that stuff, it's a real world. Things get more expensive or I would say things get astronomically higher because the dollar, the dollar's value is getting lower. And so that means that all the stuff that I thought was going to get lower in price ends up going higher. The chicken price goes up. My beef price went up. My dry goods went up, such as my pasta, such as my rice, such as my condiments, all went up. Because all this stuff are required 
to function with oil because oil keeps things moving from point A to point B. So when oil goes up, everything goes up together. It's very simple. So, right, that means that I have lesser revenue and higher cost of goods every single month. And that's a very concerning thing. I'm in a stage where, the, where whether my business is money or not doesn't matter because as long as my employees get paid, it's fine. For me, wise, I have other sources of ways in which I can make money, which I not, shall not divulge because in Singapore, most of us are very savvy. We are Asians. We find ways to accumulate wealth easily. And so when my restaurant does not make that much, that much money easily, we have to understand one thing. It's not just the food that goes up. Uh. I'm talking about the utilities that also goes up. Because we all know that energy price going up means that air conditioning, the lights, the thing that powers on all your equipment, your fridges, your stove, all that also goes up. And that's one thing I noticed because I do see the utilities. I, I calculate the margins every single month and I realize that the margins are getting incredibly bad. And I do know that some people, they don't really bother too much about sky high prices and all that stuff because they are working a full-time job maybe it only affects them at their home on a micro level but we're running a business right no doubt it's a micro level but when you see every single one else noticing that uh, the, the amount that they pay for the utilities are going astronomically high as well the articles that can be seen some restaurants say that the, the entire profit that they see for the year meant to allocate towards bonuses for the employees in restaurants suddenly get dissipated one day they receive their utilities bill and they went up by nearly five times, which is crazy. And these are the things that if you guys don't know, because you guys enjoy eating restaurants, but you guys don't question why the prices of food goes up. The reason why the price of the food went up is because, simple, the price of the food that the restaurant has bought and the utilities that they need to cook the stuff to keep the lights on also went up as well. So that's one thing you guys have to notice. It's not because the restaurant wants to raise price. It's because of certain things that happen in the real world that causes them to make these sort of decisions. And another thing that's happening around the world is that public health bureaucracy is also happening. That means that a lot of these restaurants that want to function properly cannot function properly anymore because there are a lot of people walking around ensuring that everyone wear their masks and all that stuff. But as of now, these sort of things are subsiding slowly or have really disappeared. But let me tell you, when the climate lockdowns right, are going to come probably in like five to seven years' time, you might, guys might think climate lockdowns, what the hell are you talking about? Trust me, it's going to come. I'll talk about it next time, but this is not the time for it. And so, right, it definitely affected how I live my life, but it doesn't affect my personal life. I still go out to eat nice places. I still go out to meet people. It doesn't really bother me that much because I do strategically ensure that my allocators properly allocate, properly diversify across different areas. And so if things go up, let's say in some portion of my life, things are expensive, whatever, I don't really bother. But then it doesn't affect most people because most people don't open their eyes. Most people are ignorant to the changes in society. That means that if one thing gets expensive, their life sucks immediately, all of a spot, all of a sudden. So one piece of advice I can give you guys is that keep your eyes open and ensure that you don't know that trends, that do know of the trends that are happening in reality because you can definitely play it and get rich together. Okay, so um, we have also discussed uh, a lot of uh, bullish trends. Uh, then how about the opposite? Are there any areas that you think uh, the viewers of our channel can actually stay away from? Stay away from? Uh, I think that already depends on the person-wise. Because most people, right, their investment strategy or their outlook on life is not very long-term based. They're all short-term. This can be seen in society nowadays where people rather fashion situationships and hookups instead of long-term relationships. Nobody wants to have families nowadays. Nobody wants to have kids nowadays. They just want to participate in hedonistic stuff. 
So that means that when you look around you, right, you start to see a society where meaningful relationships are no longer existent. Nobody wants to build stuff that goes into the future. They're just thinking of a very short-term aspect, very, very short-term. And when I talk about short-term aspect, this goes into one sector, which is you see a lot of people opening food businesses, opening small businesses. Out of what? Out of ego. When I look around me, right, I see a lot of people starting what? Food businesses selling what? Ice cream, selling burgers, selling all that stuff. When they don't realize that right, the world is moving towards a future where you are not in control of what you're supposed to create. You are supposed to create what the system wants you to create called a centrally planned agenda. So that means that you start a small business, you want to sell food, you want to sell steak, you want to sell beef for fun, you want to sell burgers. And one day, this will come, the sustainability movement is going to reach all-time high. And when the sustainability movement goes all-time high, they're going to go up to you and tell you, hey, you're selling beef. We don't like that. And you're a small business owner. Most likely, you're an egotistical moron who starts one thinking that, oh, wow, I'm the next coming of Jesus. I'm selling beef. The sustainability movement is going to be filled with the youths that are going to populate the earth one day. They're going to go up to you and they're going to tell you, hey, we don't like the fact that you're selling beef. Change your business. And then you're saying, hey, I'm selling beef for fun. I'm selling burgers. That is what I want to sell. All of a sudden, with the power of the internet, they're going to post it on Reddit and a bunch of climate warriors are going to show up at your beef for fun store and say, we want cockroach burgers. We want cockroach burgers. <laughs> and the thing is that the media likes to sensationalize stories. And the world works this way. It's business, supply and demand. Centrally planned, centrally planned agenda means that you are not in control of what you're going to do. And so that means that if you're going to sell beef burgers, you're going to sell beef rice, beef whatever, you have to pivot because very soon your beef is going to be very scarce. That means that the price of you acquiring beef and selling stuff is going to be extremely high. So if you're not doing fine dining, it means that the chances of you selling beef at an affordable price is going to be very, very impossible very soon. So that means that very soon, if you're starting a small business, you have to pivot. You have to do something that you don't want to do. You have to start selling stuff that you do not really want to sell. You're going to be selling soy lattes, you're going to be selling cockroach burgers. You're going to be eating centipede noodles. That's the reality <laughs> that's coming. You, you have to understand it's coming really. And if you're still going to be ignorant and open your food business, not knowing that things are going to move towards that direction, they're going to create synthetic meats, plastic lab-grown chicken, and you're forced to sell them, else your business is going to go out of control. Because carbon credits and how you're going to actually sell stuff is going to come. And this is a very concerning trend. So if you're thinking about starting a small business, selling a food business, selling ramen, selling burgers, selling pizzas, oh boy, you're in for a treat, man. In seven years' time, your business is going to go down with you and you have no choice but to adapt to the trends now. Oh yeah. You know why seven years? Yeah. Because it's climate lockdown. Climate lockdowns, <laughs> great reset, new normal is coming. You have to open your eyes, man. I'm telling you, you do have to control it. Okay, okay. All right. All right, so that's all for today's discussion. But um, before we bid goodbye, we have a favor to ask of you. So please support our channel just right below. Hit that like and subscribe button. Okay, see you guys see you on the next one, man. Bye. Bye.